Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode on the Think It Through podcast, the podcast that states there is no truth until you decide what truth is, and we're here to help you think it through. And on today's episode, yeah, your girl hasn't been gone for a minute, but uh, I got two segments for you all today, and I just wanted to pop in, uh, tell you my thoughts on Joe Biden. <laughs> America as of late. Um, how low can he go? Um, over two-thirds of people uh, in the Democratic Party, they're not feeling him. I, you could have paid me that, and I would have told you the exact same thing. Um, that, and I finally let the cat out the bag on my organization, my 501c3, which is United Communities First. And what's going on with that, what you can expect, and why. Why is necessary? Why is United Communities First necessary? Because it's for people who want to see all sides of the aisle. Um, I don't shy away from my own political views and beliefs, uh, being as though I am independent. Um, and even here, it's just a, I think it's a natural uh maturation of my own personal thought process in any way that I can stimulate thought um, as well as impact my own local community I'm willing to do it and now it's time for me to step out on faith and make it come to life uh, in a tangible way Uh, I don't have all the answers but what I do got I'm willing to share, and it's been a labor of love. So sit back, relax, and let's think it through. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode on the Think It Through podcast. Podcast that states there is no truth until you decide what truth is, and we're here to help you think it through. I just wanted to pop in for a minute. You know, I observe, and then I come back when my cup is full. When my cup is full, and I got a lot to talk about. I guess today I want to start off. And I want to follow up on, <laughs> you know, my, my favorite punching bag, which is these Democrats. Now, there's been so much that has happened. I've only been away for two weeks, okay? Trying to get my sister situated back home, helping my mom. I'm still taking my summer courses for human resource management and proper... Um, behavioral organization. I forgot the other class, man. That's neither here nor there, but uh, got that going on. My son's in summer school. Uh, Matter of fact, yesterday on the 11th, July 11th was his 12th birthday, so uh, shots out to my son. I love him with my whole entire being. Then I got sick. (laughs) So that was interesting. Um, I'm hiring. I'm hiring for my nonprofit, and we'll talk about that a little bit later today. I know I promised that I think from the episode uh, episode or two ago. Um, I just wasn't ready to uh, divulge what's going on with that. Um, just a whole lot of things, just transitioning in my life, and um, and still watching these politics. I tell y'all. Um, when people ask me, why do you, why do you care about politics the way that you do? <clears throat> and I will honestly tell you that, um, uh, it's to me, it's the bee's knees. There is no show greater on earth. I know that Ringling, Ringling Barnum and Bailey says that, but no, the political theatrics is the best show on earth when you step back and look at it because it it, is meant to be laughed at um and i hope that when i have these conversations with you and we're thinking it through 
Um, it's to stimulate your thought. Now I'm giving you my opinion based upon research that I have done and my own experiences. And I'm just trying to come to you in a rational way or what I hope is a rational way to stimulate thought because we need to start having conversations around the, the political arena. See, a lot of people don't like to touch on politics because they say that it's divisive. Well, see, I'm one of those women that I'm willing to bite the bullet and get uncomfortable with you, not to overtalk you, not to downplay you, not to assassinate your way of thinking, but rather to stimulate it, to bring out. That's what to educate is, to draw out, to draw out the best in you. We need to stop being so mush mouth and humdrum when we see BS uh, taking place. I've said on here, you know, I can't wait till November because I really do truly feel that at this point, uh, there's a strong chance that the Republican Party of the United States is going to win back Congress. I do think that um, Roe v. Wade was a dog whistle to the left to draw out people to come and give them some votes. But he, here's the thing, and I, I, I've said this here, um, and I've said this to friends in, <clears throat> in real life, that the problem with the Democratic Party is that they've strayed too far away from message and they've gone to the outright extreme while making it seem as though it's the Republicans who are cuckoo for And I've said to you that politics happen in cycles. It does not all happen in one day. And the way you feel today is not how you're going to feel 20, 30 years into the future. For most of us who are rational thinking, sensible adults, your feelings will change, your outlooks will change, and society has a lot to do with that. 50 years ago, and I hear me clearly, in some regards, for the last 50 to 60 years, we have been a liberal country. And that has worked up until now. I'm going to say that up until about 2015 is where we have began to not only regress, but at the same time still move even further left. Now, you take it back prior to 1955, America was a conservative country. That lasted for about 30 to 40 years. On back, you had imperialism, uh, which was still classified under nationalism. Politics happens in cycles, and sometimes you have to step back and just observe the happenings and goings on of the day so you can decide for yourself where it is you stand. Now, me, at this point today, I tell you that I am independent. And I can see both sides of the aisle. That's what my nonprofit is, United Communities First, for those who want to see all sides of the aisle. Shameless plug. Um, because you gotta be you gotta be rational. There's things on the left that I like. I do think that socially, um, everybody should be accepted, but within boundaries. And see, this is where I get picked on. Oh, you're a Republican. Oh, you're this and this. Some of my Republican friends say, well, you're a Democrat because you believe like this, or you've done this, and you voted a certain way. Yes. I'm not ashamed to tell you that my ballot is blue and red. I don't vote blue no matter who, and I don't vote Republican no matter who. I am an issues-based voter, and whoever comes down the pipe and they meet my expectations, baby, I'll give you my vote. I'm willing to participate in the name of doing it for the greater good. But see, this is where the Democrats have gone, in my opinion, they've gone a little far because they use 
Roe v. Wade, like I said, as a dog whistle, but see, here's the backlash. I do not believe people need to be provoked in such an extreme to come out and participate. I don't believe that. I think that the push, if there ever was one, needs to come from local media, local grassroots. We spend so much time in this country worrying about what's going on in Capitol Hill. I've said this repeatedly on my platform here. It's about the community, the community level, getting involved with non-governmental agencies that's in your own backyard, getting with grassroots initiatives, getting with nonprofits and community partners who are willing to stand in the gap for you and your issues. That's where the game is being played. The problem is that we don't have enough people in the community who are like me, who care. We've been so turned off, and I'm sorry, I I told y'all my favorite punching bag as of late has been the Democratic Party. And it's because they've tried to become so inclusive that really they're being divisive. And you're going to say, Alicia, well, what does that mean? I'm telling you as someone who's taken a managing urban diversity course, at Cleveland State, and I loved it. Um, They teach you to look at all aspects of diversity. Is it disability? Is it sexual orientation? Is it workplace um, values? Like all of these different abstract thoughts of how to be more, more inclusive. And I do think that in a sense, Everybody should be included. If you are a rational thinking adult, regardless of your disability, uh, ethnicity, um, and culture, you should have a seat at the table. Now, see, where they've messed up at is that they've allowed the LGBT movement to drown out all of the conversation in the room. Now, I got friends, and my son's godfather is gay and happily married. Um, I think that they, uh, the government has co-opted that whole lifestyle and has began to exploit these people. And in turn, they have co-opted the whole Democratic Party, and they don't know when to say enough is enough. You say, Alicia, what will you mean? I'm saying to you that a lot of their problems that the Democratic Party is now having is because they have gone out of their way. You know how they say um, you would cut off your own nose to spite your face? Well, that is what the left is doing. They're cutting off their nose to spite their face in trying to be inclusive of the LGBT community. That's where a lot of their polling numbers is tending to drop. Uh, I don't, I'm a mom and I believe that if you grown, you can lay down who you want to lay down with. That's how always been my stance. If you, if it's consensual and you are an adult, have at it. But when you add children and I keep on seeing, seeing the most vile and disgusting stuff with our children as far as educational programming quote-unquote educational programming uh with gender identity confusing these kids at a young age and then telling them that they don't have to tell their parents that they are now lgbtq and if you uh and if 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 the uh child doesn't want to say anything about their sexual uh, identity they don't have to and if you get involved as a parent you can get in trouble that's the cutting off of the nose to spite the face this is why I feel as though uh, the Republicans have a very good chance to flip Congress because we're we're being so drawn apart because of the LGBT movement the government should have never got involved 
the same way uh, Uncle Sam got involved when he tried to outlaw prohibition. Got in, made a whole fucking mess, caused himself to lose revenue, then had to reinsert himself and wind up taxing the whole prohibition industry. And then continued on as nothing happened. This is going to be the same thing. Uncle Sam has made such a mess by trying to bend the law and create laws and all these quote-unquote protective measures that they're alienating the rest of the country. Y'all do know that the LGBT people are less than like 5% of the whole country on paper. Now, why would you sacrifice all morals and integrity to appease a subsector of American society to make try and make everybody else conform. I I, I just don't understand. I, I don't. Now, I'm quite sure you all have seen uh, the first son, Joe Biden, him counting his crap, knowing that his daddy was the man who who helped separate crack cocaine from crack rock. I mean, America truly is the laughing stock of the world. Y'all haven't seen us lately. (laughs) Around the world, we we just get laughed at. I mean, and I said this this morning on my personal uh, Instagram page. Biden, if it was me, now I'm gonna I'm gonna take up for the president. I'm gonna take up for 46 in this instant. If it was me, everybody and their mama would be fired if you working at the work uh, at the White House for me. This man is too old. This man is cognitively incapacitated and his strategy sucks the policy that he's put forth is not working it's not now see the problem with him and trump is that we now see see hindsight is always going to be 2020 baby we watch the media relentlessly attack Donald's policy when 70% of it was working. This president, Mr. Biden, his policies is not working. We are facing the highest inflation in 40 years. The only one who's outpacing our inflation is the UK, and I'm talking about amongst first world countries. Those people are on the brink of total economic collapse because their wages is not keeping up with the rate of inflation, so much so that those people over there are now beginning to go on strikes in certain important key industries, okay? Sri Lanka, just completely collapsed where their prime minister said forget y'all i'm getting on the boat and i'm getting the heck out of dodge you on your own see you later that's messed up that's absolutely messed up over here see our our situation is not completely hit the fan but it's getting there you got farmers over here on, on strike Farmers are on strike because they're not getting in re- any relief. And if you if you can't, if you don't eat, you will not survive. All of these fires and stuff that have been taking place since last year and really taking a, 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 a toll this year, and nobody's talking about it in the mainstream media, that's by design. Keep you distracted on buffoonery and TikTok 
while you're not paying attention to what's going on in the background. This administration could do simple things to win back confidence. And this man could literally do it overnight. That's the thing that I'm not understanding. Now you're listening to a woman who took uh, budgeting and policy analysis, okay? Where we looked closely at the life cycle of a budget policy. What you will find is that America is an annual, um, follows an annual fiscal budgetary policy, okay? That means that when Biden came into office in uh, last year, 2021, his brand new policy was initiated in October, okay? He got in, he only had two months to sit, watch, and observe, and then that March, when they opened up negotiations with the president's cabinet, everybody in the cabinet worked with Joe Biden and they put forth what we are living through right now. Joe Biden is now in policy measure number two. This is year number two, policy measure number two, right? There are certain things that this man could be doing right now as he sits and negotiates before he sends his policy to Congress. One of those things would be to open up the ports. One of those, another one uh, of these things he could be doing is opening up the energy. America has more, just as much, and you heard it, and me. America has sufficient amount of oil to that of the Middle East, yet we do not use it in the name of globalization. America shot herself in the foot, and I'm going to say this, uh, it's been bad to me from my observation for the last 25 years. America's international relations is not as strong. Its policy on foreign relations is not as strong. The way we go about trade in other countries is not that strong. Biden could easily, by executive order, the same way he took out the Keystone Pipeline, is the same way he could put it back on. There's no reason. And see, this is where I, I'm not I'm not interested in playing the game. Uh, because if I was your president, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, down there in that Gulf, there's no reason why I wouldn't be sitting with these governors. It doesn't matter that some of these Gulf governors down in the Delta, they're Republican. Down in the Bible Belt. That don't matter. We're, we're facing economic and total collapse due to the pressure at the pump. And it's not just the pressure at the pump. Understand, oil and gas has a multitude of services. It's not just about your car. But basic transportation of goods and stuff like that, that's very important. That is like one of the heartlines of America is the strength and efficiency of our transportation and logistics industry. And that comes on the backbone of our energy and how efficient that is. See... I would be doing the little things. I would, I, if I was your president, I would be having a roundtable discussion, and I would be saying, "Well, what can we do now? What can we do if I can't get this done in 30 days? Well, give me a timetable 
But see, the problem is you have too many arrogant politicians in both parties who are unwilling for the sake of the American people. Notice I didn't say for one party or another. I'm saying the American people to just do something that will give us relief. I would be doing all that I could to extend my hand and say, well, what can we do? He don't want to, he don't want to, um, help with the inflation. He keeps blaming it on Mr. Putin. Mr. Putin ain't nobody's angel, nor he's no, and he's nobody's saint. However, to blatantly just continue to pick on this man and say, oh, it's your fault. He over in Russia. He ain't got nothing to do with what's over here. His GDP, he can't do nothing. His, GD, his GDP against ours is, is pennies. It, it, it's like the kicking of the can. Now, all presidents do it. But at a time like this, with inflation rising and wages staying the same, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out why them poll numbers is so low. Do y'all know that now he's a, now you know Biden being a Democrat, he is supposed to be pro-life. He flip-flopped on it. Now, if anybody, if anybody is uh, uh, shocked that this is the same president who was for the uh, crime bill, he believed in three strikes. This man is the reason why you cannot uh, file bankruptcy on your student loans. This man is the reason why crack cocaine versus crack rock is different. This man repeatedly was for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like, he's a walking contradiction. So, like, when people look back, that's why you, you got to look at people's resumes. Now, I always believe that, yeah, you sometimes you can change and life does happen. But this man is like a zebra. Those stripes are not going to change. So anybody thinking that this man was going to, he was going to be so much better than Trump and he was going to, it was about fighting to heal the soul of America. He ain't healing nothing. He healing his pockets. He didn't been, he didn't, he didn't been a senior level senator for so long. He knows the ins and outs of Capitol Hill. He knows who lobbyists are. This man is not hurting. Him and his wife is not hurting for money. But they feel as though they ain't never had nothing in terms of real power, quote unquote, that shit, I'm the president now, I can do what I want to do. Everybody else done done it, so why can't I? There's something to be said for that. Corruption breeds corruption. Biden, I, 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 I feel for him sometimes, because I do feel like he's being exploited in terms of his his health and whatnot. But at the same time, sometimes you gotta know when to hold him, to fold him, and when to walk away, baby. And he don't know that he should be walking away. But the problem is that he don't have anybody that's going to back him up. Don't nobody want Kamala, I told y'all. This is one of my first three episodes, three or four episodes in season one. I told y'all that if nobody got a hold of Kamala and nobody held her, held her accountable, that she was going to be beyond reproach once she got to the position. Now look at her. She's beyond reproach. You can't tell her nothing. She doesn't have an agenda. Her and Joe Biden is not necessarily on the same page. She can't keep staff just like he can't keep staff. He done lost 60 people. She done lost about 20. So don't nobody really want these people. Two thirds of all Democrats don't want Joe Biden in 2024. Now, like I said this morning, the Democratic Party sabotaged Bernie Sanders twice. And I'm not a socialist. 
But see, right is right and wrong is wrong. What they did to Bernie Sanders was wrong. The man had the fire and the passion to be a president. He was a, a, a lot more cognitive than Mr. Joe Biden. They played this man twice. Do you see uh, Joe Biden going to sit down and talk to this man? So now because they ain't talking to him, if I was Bernie Sanders, I would just sit back and ignore him. I mean, hell, the rest of the world is. The left has truly began cutting off its nose to spite its face. And I do believe, barring a full-blown suspension of an election, I do feel as though Congress will be read. Is it going to be as extravagant as I thought? Probably not. But I do believe they're going to have a cushion to flip the, the Congress back. And hopefully, this is going to inspire more people. Just participate. What are you losing? You're losing a whole hell of a lot more if you don't vote. Because I believe that both parties don't want to see poor people vote. So, and poor Americans voting. So, that's why both parties is not really standing up on immigration. Because they are trying to replace people. Not just white people. They're trying to replace flat out Americans. And if you don't see that writing on the wall, uh, you need to take off those rosy colored glasses and get with the program. But I just wanted to come in here, talk to y'all, and think some things through with y'all. Uh, I'll try not to be uh, gone away as long, but bye for now. about my organization now I have built this platform with the community in mind I always say it's about the community I always tell you guys don't pay attention necessarily only um, on Capitol Hill Capitol Hill and Washington DC is going to work itself out however it needs to work itself out um, when it comes to both parties and their ideology and whatnot, I am of the belief that I, I believe in smaller government um, as a whole. And I tell you why, because when you allow Uncle Sam to get involved in certain issues, nine times out of ten, in my opinion, he is going to make stuff worse before he makes things better. It's like the Hegelian dialect. Um, give you a problem, wait for your reaction, and then give you the solution that he wanted all, all along. And I feel that that is very dangerous because that, that breeds and lends itself to incrementalism, meaning that you, you're not going to bite off a sandwich in one go at it. You're going to bite off little pieces until the sandwich is gone. That's how I feel uh, government has been working. And I feel as though um, as it pertains to federal government, they, they are just not the same politicians of yesteryear both parties yes do a lot of shady things and it is my belief and my conviction that we have to start giving full awareness to what goes on in your backyard you can't be worried about Bernie Sanders and cinema and Mitch McConnell uh, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham 
and uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. You can't be worried about those types of people because they are far beyond your reach. The only way to me, and, and I know that money plays a part of it, the only way you're going to get your country back is you have to show up locally. You have to show up locally, and that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm doing. I'm putting together my board. It's been a <laughs> a very slow grind to put this together. It's been on my heart for a while. Um, when I started this podcast, 2020 did something to me spiritually that I can I really can't explain. Like I just knew that I wanted to talk to you all. I wanted. I wanted to see that I wasn't alone in how I felt. I wanted people to just assess themselves and how they think. Because I think that through listening to one another, you can do a multitude of good. And when you back that up with action, you can transform the world. I truly believe that. And I believe that for people in both of the major uh, political parties. I'm saying that for people that live in America. I don't necessarily follow um, other countries' um, political systems, so to speak, in a nuanced way, the way that I can being an American. But even then, I would still tell you, get out there. Get out there. Go to certain events and really really work with your community um if people want to register to vote hey register them to vote if they don't want to vote you don't knock them but still ask them to come to a community meeting a lot of times i I feel as though people aren't motivated to vote the way that they should because they just simply don't know they don't know what's happening in the community because they've they've become accustomed to politicians not serving them out of sight out of mind i would be pissed off too and i would feel as though my voice does not matter because my politician does not see me now you're gonna say well where are you going with this i'm gonna take you back to when i was a child when i was a child i was like fifth sixth grade and I live in Cleveland so when I was in when I uh, when I was younger I lived on the east side of the city I lived on the I lived on the north side and the south side and if you're from Cleveland you know we got two east sides we got the north east side and the south east side and when I was in the fifth sixth grade I lived on the southeast side of the city in a community called uh, Lee and Harvard I went to a school called Jameson, Robert H. Jameson. I went to the old one. The old one has been since torn down and built anew. When I was a child, I participated in something called D.A.R.E. When I was a child, you went through the D.A.R.E. program and you saw your police officer, your, your police officer, your police chief of the precinct that you lived in. It was a it was it was customary for children back then. This is ooh twenty some odd years ago, y'all. <laughs> um, it was a it was a custom that you were going to see your police captain and your uh, police officer. They initiated the Dare program to make you aware of the community that you was living in. Gang violence is something that we definitely deal with in in Cleveland, and we definitely experience uh, drug abuse. And if you grew up at that time, it was a whole hell of a lot better than it is now. Ain't that sad? Um, but back then, we knew that we had people in our family that was abusing drugs and stuff like that. So the police would come. <clears throat> show you all the reasons why don't do this because you're going to get arrested you don't want to abuse drugs you don't want to be out on the street get your education kids 
So I saw movers and shakers in my community who come from different industries. Your police officers, they are important. I feel as though that, yes, yeah, some, sometimes um, police officers are given a bad rap. On the one hand, that's true. And on the flip side, when you shoot someone 60 times, that's unacceptable. And it is beyond time, in my opinion, for qualified immunity to be rescinded. There's no way that you shoot someone's child. That was someone's child who was unarmed. You shot that young man 60 times. Shot at him 90 times, but it was 60 bullets that hit him. I'm a mother. And when I saw that, my soul just cried because it, it didn't take all of that. It it, it really honestly didn't. It, it just, oh, it was just gut-wrenching. So I moved, I moved to the west side when I got to the seventh grade, right? When I got there, the school took it up a notch because when I lived in Lee Harbor, I do not remember who my council person was. But when I got to the west side and I lived, uh, I went to a school called Charles F. Schuler, And that was located in a neighborhood called Puritus. That school made sure that they initiated the great program and we saw our police captain of the precinct which is precinct one or second district or no first district um and we saw our councilman my councilman at the time was a who who's now on county council but at the time he was on city council and his name is Mr. Martin Sweeney. He made sure, he made sure he came to see us students. No, I don't want you to be a part of a gang. No, it's very important you get to school safe. It's very important that you be mindful of curfew. It's very important that you learn and you're in an environment where you're thriving that man told that to me i believe now he might be full of bullshit but when you're a child and you see that you have an you leave a mark on children because these people us young folk i could be what he be in he took his time to come and see us and downtown Cleveland to West 130th, that's a little hike. Even in the car, that's a little hike. That man made sure, I think it was every two weeks, either once a week or every two weeks, that man stayed for the whole program. And even when the program wasn't running, he made sure to show up. When we had career day, he was always there. He came. He participated. He fucking participated. That, in my mind, was when I conceptualized, you can represent people. He's somebody important because he got the little city pin on him. He says that he's a councilman. He represent me. He done brought his friend, which is the police captain. I better not do nothing. Ain't nobody going to shoot up the fucking school because the police department is right down the street, not even two minutes away. Those things as an adult, and I sit back and I reflect on my younger self, I felt safe. I can't tell you how kids feel now. Because 
as a child, I didn't grow up with the news saying once a year there's been a school shooting. So I don't know how my son feels. I just didn't grow up like that. But coming back to the original thought process, showing up in your community, it matters. It it absolutely matters. I, I've said here on this uh, podcast, if you can't march, give a dollar. Get two dollars. You may not, you may not be able to, to to fully participate all day, every day. I'm not saying that. But if you listening to my podcast and you don't know your councilman, I'm gonna give you a freebie. You don't know your precinct committee member? Shame on you. Shame on you because when I, I'm giving you solutions. See, when I'm coming on here and I'm talking, I'm giving you solutions because I've been through this. I done voted. I worked the polls. I know my neighbors. And that's really, really starts. When I say community, I'm really talking about your neighbors. And they might live on the east side. They might live on the west side. They might live on the south side. They might live on the north side. We got to get back to people seeing other people. And showing up for people. If not for me, do it for your kids. Do it for the community's kids. Show up for these children. Show them that you can have a community. Whether you live in rural America or whether you live in urban America. Whether you live in a democratic city or you live in a republican city. It really it doesn't it doesn't matter at this point because it's a lot of motherfuckers that's on Capitol Hill that need to leave. They hogging up all the air. Like, goddamn, you've been there for like 50 years. You not tired yet? You've been there for 30 years. Some of these people have been in Congress longer than I've been alive. Some of y'all sit on city council for years. We all have a part to play in this. And when you you make you make the, the fall of America happen so much faster when you can't tell me the people that represent you. You can't tell me how they function. Nothing. That's what I want to do in my neighborhood. I care about my neighbors. I love the fact that if I leave my door open, my front door. Ain't nobody gonna walk in my house. Well, one, you'll get shot, but uh, I I don't particularly care. You can't take shit. Because I ain't got shit for you to take. My house is an average house. I ain't got no multi-million dollar house, even though I want one and I'm gonna have me one. I know my neighbors, I know their kids, their grandkids, they know my name. I know their name. Some of them I got their phone numbers. I know what they do for a living, they know what I do for a living. And it's because I see them and I talk to them. I feel no ways of whether they're a man, they're a woman, they gay, they straight, they old, just in college. I really don't care. But when I go outside and I can sit on my porch, that's all I really want. That's all I really care about. But I know for from the neighborhood that I came from, that is easier said than done. Because where I come from, violence is real. It ain't peace and quiet. It is bullets flying. It is crackheads on the street. It is open prostitution going on. It is drug overdosing going on in the community that I came from. But we as people, we got to start seeing one another. 
The only way I'm gonna tell these gay people, these some of these LGBT, <laughs> that you gotta stop subconsciously grooming these kids. The only way I'm gonna tell them that is if we have town hall meetings where I can let you know how I really fucking feel. Not that I'm gonna run up on you and be all disrespectful, but I, 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 I'm very confident in how I can articulate myself. <laughs> and I'm 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 serious. I'm so serious, but I'm just having a laugh with y'all. But I, I, we don't see each other enough, and that's what uniting communities first is about. I want to unite communities because without having op- real open forums, and it may not just be on politics. Even though politics, a lot of people say they get turned off by it. Politics is in everything. You may not like it, but it most certainly is. It's in business. Politics is in school. Politics is in the religion. Politics is in your neighborhood. Politics is at your job. You cannot outrun it. So rather than trying to outrun or or feel like you can't have an opinion, you might as well open up your mouth and start talking. Start talking to people. They gonna hate you. Ooh, they hated Jesus. So what? what is new? <laughs> I'm not always right. I've had people listen to my podcast and they didn't necessarily agree with what I was saying. But fuck you, yeah, I don't care. I love you anyway. <laughs> I love you anyway. I don't care. It's just a means of getting my thought process out to you so that you can let me know how you feel and to let you know that I'm here with you virtually as you're listening. We got to be willing to stand up for one another. See, that I think that the elitists, those that want to be the parasitic elite, I really do think that they want us to be isolated. I really do think that they don't want us to participate. I really do feel like if you shut up and don't say nothing, out of sight, out of mind. So when they push through uh, this globalist uh, agenda that they keep on saying is build back better or agenda 2030, no, that's, that's a liberal world order. That is a new world order. That's what they want. They don't want people to talk. They don't want people to communicate. So the best thing that you can do to fight back is to put it on notice through your energy. Through your energy. And the simplest way that you can do it is having a conversation. Letting people know, no, you you should want to vote. You should want to uh know what's going on in your neighborhood that's step one having the awareness of where you live at that's gonna prompt you to know what should prompt you to want to know what's going on in your community what school is in your community do you live next to a park do you live in a high crime neighborhood how many churches or synagogues or mosques are in your neighborhood Do you have a refugee center near your house? Now, as much as I really don't care for illegal aliens and illegal immigrants, notice the key word I said is illegal. At the end of the day, they're human too. They got a heart. They got a mind. They don't want to be oppressed neither. And that goes back to bad policy. However, those are human beings too. Knowing your community, know who represents you, knowing the CDCs, your community development corporations is (laughs) intrinsically, implicitly designed to develop the community. You need to know the businesses that are in your community. You need to know the aging and uh, uh, older living, senior living facilities that's in your neighborhood. 
do you live around a mental retardation uh, home? You, you should know the dynamics and makeup of your community. That's all I'm saying. And once you start being aware, that's going to let you know based upon your demographics and your environment that's going to let you know the reflection of the type of council person that you got if you live in a younger community where the majority of those people are younger they're 50 and younger the needs of that community is going to look a lot different than you living in a part of town where it's the opposite, where you have an older uh, community. This is going to tell you how you want to live your life. Do you want to live with a slower pace of life where you're living around older senior citizens who they don't like loud talking, they don't like loud music. Health insurance is something that they, they care about. Retirement and how they how they outside environment is is it safe where they live at those are things that they care about so your council person they need to be aware of that how on the ball are they for the people that make up the community that they live in because that's going to show you the priorities that they have based upon the, the demographics of that community this ain't just for cdc's this for you as well because you live in the community. Do you want to invest in your community? Do you do business in your community? All of these things you you should know. It's not necessarily always on the elected official. It's the community stakeholders as well. I have a stake in my community because I fucking live here. I care about my neighbors. I want to see them thriving. Because if they thriving, that means they're going to keep up their fucking property value. I don't want to live in a trashy neighborhood. That's something that's important to me. Because if you don't take care of your neighborhood, I live next to a park. Let these people start not taking care of their taking care of their yards and their house then that'll spill over to the park don't nobody go see the park don't nobody bring their kids it's overgrown and overrun drug infested don't nobody want that so you matter it's beyond just your elected official it starts with where you live at it starts with your community and the first people that you should know and you need to type up and punch up board of elections where you live at you can find out who represents you. You're supposed to have a representative from each party. And this is what United Communities is for. United Communities First is for. I want to show you how these parties are supposed to function, but they're not. I want to introduce you to people from both parties. I'll have it where you'll be able to go to my uh nonprofit's website and you can book me and you will be able to have me come out and speak to your organization and i'll be able to bring my team with me and we'll show you we'll show you how your community is broken down and we'll show you how it's supposed to work but it's not working and we'll show it show you both parties we'll show you the irregularities that's going on in our community and we'll compare and contrast and then we'll leave it up to you as to how you think your community should move forward that's the goal because i want you to start thinking i want you to think higher i want you to think critically because where we're headed you don't need to don't worry don't worry about 2020 folks because it ain't here yet God said it might not happen. But God can strike all of us down right now. Won't be no 2024. Don't worry about it. But what can we do now in our own community? What can we do now? That's what I want to do. And you can book me virtually. You know? But I'm putting all of this together with my board members. 
because we're going to have open forums. We're going to have debates. We're going to be able to call people to task. We're not going to call them out. We're calling them up to say, hey, you are in the seat. And if you're in the seat, then this is what should be happening. If you're trying to get to that seat, we want to give you an open platform where you can make your voice heard. We're not endorsing candidates because that is not the way my organization is set up. It's a 501c3, not a c4. There's a there's a big difference. But as far as introducing you to people that you should know, that's what we want to do. Because once you start to see these people, especially new people, it'll make you feel good and it will restore your hope in America. We can totally turn this around. But it takes you and me being able to sit down and talk to one another, us seeing one another, and ultimately being able to think it through with one another. When we start to do that, then you can say like Donald thinks he's saying, he's saying save America. You can't save America if America herself is not listening to everybody involved. If she wants to bring in foreigners who don't have an allegiance to America, if we're sidestepping the Constitution, if we're grooming children, it's not going to work. Thinking it through is our last resort. And as I say that, thank you for always supporting me. Thank you for being patient with me. And I will talk to you soon so that we can continue to think it through.